Thank you, choir. Man, that's a fantastic song. I appreciate that song. And I appreciate you worshiping this morning as, as uh, we worshiped in, in song and hymns and praise hymns. If you brought your Bibles, turn to 1 John chapter 5. 1 John chapter 5. I'm going to share a couple of verses from 1 John 5 and then some other selected passages. 1 John chapter 5. First John chapter 5, and we'll look at a couple of verses, verses 12 and 13 in just a moment. In 1858, the steamship Austria caught fire and sank in the Atlantic, killing 400 people. One survivor told how he and five other Christian friends stood between the fire behind them and the water that was before them. And they agreed at the end that they would leap from that sinking ship. When the time finally arrived, they held hands and they expressed confidence that in a few minutes they would see each other in heaven. And then they ran together holding hands and jumped into the Atlantic. Just a few days ago, there was a mass shooting in one of our colleges. And the gunman circled the students in the classroom, seated them on the floor. He had each one to stand, and then he asked them a question. Are you a Christian? If they said yes, he shot them in the head. They said, no, he shot them in the leg. Now, when you think about the reality of death, when you think about the reality that you're going to die, there isn't anything more important than knowing whether you're going to heaven. Now, most people think they're going to heaven. George Barna, in his book, what, Mer what Americans Believe, he said this. He says, and I quote, 99% of Americans believe that they're heaven-bound. And I quote, and when asked the statement, when they read the statement, when you die, you will not go to heaven only one in a hundred agreed. When you die, you will not go to heaven. Only one in one hundred agreed. So the majority of the people today think they're heaven bound. But you see, Jesus seems to disagree with that. Because Jesus says that most people are not going to heaven. He says there's a broad way, and many go therein. There's a narrow way, and few find it. And so if Jesus tells us anything, He's telling us that not everybody who thinks they're going to heaven is going to heaven. Now, 
I want to ask two questions. The first question is, is it possible to know for certain that I can go to heaven? The second question, is it possible to have assurance of heaven? Look, if you will, at 1 John 5. Uh, first, I'm sorry, 1 John uh, 5, verse 12. He that hath the Son hath life. And he that hath not the Son of God hath not life. These things I have written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God, that you may know that you have eternal life. And that you may believe on the name of the Son of God. Now in this, Jesus mentions two classes of people. Sociologists have always tried to, to uh, group or divide our society into class structure. They'll tell us that there's the lower class and the middle class and the upper class. They tell us that there's the lower income, the middle income, the upper income. They tell us there's the blue collar, which those who are mill workers or factory workers and then they tell us there are those who are professionals or the educational or the educated elite. However, God has divided mankind into two classes. Verse 12. He that hath the Son hath life. One class. One class. He that hath the Son hath life. Second class. He that hath not the Son hath not life. Two classes. Now, notice not that he who belongeth to the church hath life. He that belongeth to the Baptist church or the Methodist church or the Presbyterian church or the Catholic church or the Church of Christ church or the Church of God church. But he that hath the Son hath life point is that your church affiliation really doesn't save you. But he that hath the Son hath life. That brings on another question. What kind of life? What kind of life? Is it your everyday life? No. Is it, is it the run-of-the-mill type life? The just so-and-so type life? Is it just the laid-back type life? Is it just the normal type life that we expect to wake up to every morning? Is it that type of life? No, he that hath the Son hath eternal life. Hath life, eternal life. And so when the sinner confesses themselves as a sinner, repents of their sins, believes in Jesus Christ, we'll talk about that a little in a moment, then God gives them eternal life. Therefore today, you either have the Son and have life, or you do not have the Son and you do not have life. You either have the Son and go into heaven when you die, or you have not the Son and you're not going to heaven when you die. 
So the big question today for us to address is, are you indwelt by Jesus Christ? Yes or no? It's real simple. It's not about religion. It's not about morality. It's not about rituals. It's about being the Son, or having the Son, or not having the Son. Two classes of people. Now, I want you to notice the reason for John writing this, verse 13. He gives the two classes. Look at them again, verse 12. He that hath the Son hath life. He that hath not the Son of God hath not life. Now, why do I write this, he says in verse 13. These things have I written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God, that you may know that you have eternal life and that you may believe on the name of the Son of God. And so you have the two classes, then you have the reason for writing, and John has a twofold purpose for writing, and he said the first purpose is that you may believe, and then he says the second purpose is that after you believe, that you may know that you have eternal life. Now, in John's day, there were some that believed that you could have life or you could have eternal life. You could have heaven uh, in another name, in someone else, some other name. Uh, we have some today that believe and trust in other names for eternal life. They believe in other names for salvation life, for eternal life, for heaven. To some, Mary is an, an important name. Uh, with Luke 1, verse 47, Mary herself confessed she needed a Savior. Verse 46, Mary said in her song, she said, My soul doth magnify the Lord. But verse 47 says, My spirit has rejoiced in God my Savior. So Mary needed a Savior. Today some confess Buddha as a name for salvation. Confucius. Some confess Mohammed. Some confess Allah as a name that will get them to heaven. But John says, These things have I written unto you, verse 13, that believe on the name of the Son of God. And that's Jesus Christ. Songwriter put it this way, There is a name I love to hear. I love to sing its worth. It sounds like music to my ear. The sweetest name on earth. Oh, how I love, help me, Jesus. You can do better than that. Oh, how I love, Jesus. You can do better than that. Oh, how I love, Jesus, because He first loved me. Oh, how I love, Jesus, because He first loved me. I, it tells me of a Savior's love who died to set me free. It tells me of a precious blood, the sinner's perfect plea. Oh, how I love, Jesus, oh how I love Jesus, oh how I love Jesus, because he first loved me. That's the name. Acts chapter 4, if you would turn there with me. Acts chapter 4, you're going to find uh, Peter and John, and they're going to be in jail. They healed this crippled man, this beggar, and they healed him in the name of Jesus. Look, if you will, at verse 5. And it came to pass on the morrow, Acts chapter 4, verse 5. 
It came to pass on the morrow that their rulers, their elders, and their scribes, and Annas the high priest, Caiaphas, and John, and Alexander, in verse 6, as many as it were the kindred of the high priest, they were gathered together at Jerusalem. So you have all of these religious people there. Verse 7, And when they had set them in the midst, Peter and John, they asked, By what power or by what name have you done this? Peter, filled with the Holy Ghost, what power have you healed this crippled man, this beggar? What power, what name have you healed this crippled man, this beggar? Verse 8, Peter, filled with the Holy Ghost, said unto them, You rulers of, of the people and elders of Israel, notice his boldness. If we this day be examined of the good deed done to this impotent man by what means he is made whole, be it known unto you and to all the people of Israel by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, whom God raised from the dead, even by him doth this man stand here before you whole. This is the stone which was set at naught of your builders, which has become the head of the corner. Neither is there salvation in any other, for there's none other name under heaven given among men, whereby we must be saved. It is all about Jesus. Jesus. Who made him whole? Jesus. Who made him leap? Jesus. So don't be misled. Don't be confused. Don't be lied to. There's no, under, no other name under heaven whereby you can be saved other than by the name Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Confucius won't get it, Buddha won't get it, Allah won't get it, Mother Teresa won't get it, Mary won't get it, St. Andrew won't get it, Abraham won't, Moses won't. Whereby can you be saved? Only through Jesus. If you miss Jesus, you miss in heaven. It's only through Jesus. You can only be saved through the name of Jesus. Now, with that in mind, anyone can be saved. The drunkard can be saved. The prostitute can be saved. The drug addict can be saved. The, the just hardened criminal can be saved. The murderer can be saved. The adulteress can be saved. The whoremonger can be saved. But in order to go to heaven, ye must be saved. Born again. Now, how do you do that, Brother Sammy? Well, first, you've got to realize you're lost. You can't be saved till you realize you're lost. The Bible says that all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. There's not a person in this room that's not a sinner. The only difference are saved sinners and lost sinners. So this morning, you have an opportunity to, to be saved. You realize that you're lost. You're lost because of your nature. You're born that way. That's why your mother and dad had to teach you to do right and not wrong because you had that sinful nature in you. Someone said, you know, we all got a little mean streak. Well, that's true. That's our nature. Okay? We're lost. And we need to be saved. And you must be willing to turn to Jesus and believe on His name. Believe what about His name, Brother Sammy? Believe that He's the Son of God. You believe that? You believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. 
Think of that. We have the history of his birth. We know where he was born. We know when he was born, where he was born. We know all about his birth. We know who the governor was. We know where he grew up as a child. We know all about his earthly ministry, about his... We know all about Jesus. That's fact. Don't be ignorant and say there is no Jesus. We know about Jesus, but do you believe that Jesus is the Son of God? Do you believe that He is God in the flesh? Some teach that He's not God in the flesh. The Bible says in John 14, 1, In the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, and the Word was God, verse 14, And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld the glory of the only begotten Son of God. He is God in the flesh. He is the only begotten Son of God. Some would have you to believe He's the brother of Lucifer. He's the Son of God. He's, he's the only begotten. He's the only one of His kind. He alone could pay the penalty for your sins and my sin and the world's sins. Bible says that He was crucified for our sins. He died on the cross for our sins. He was buried in a garden tomb for our sins. But He didn't stay there. On the third day, He arose again. Do you believe that about Jesus? He ascended into heaven. Do you believe that? Several witnesses saw Him ascend into heaven. He's seated at the right hand of God. And one day, we're waiting for this day... We're waiting for the day for this Jesus, the same Jesus that ascended into heaven to come again. Now the question is, do you have Him as your Savior? Do you have eternal life? He who hath the Son hath life. He who does not have the Son has not life. Now, do you believe that about Jesus? Look, if you will, back to 1 John just a moment. We're about finished. In 1 John chapter 5, look a couple of verses up from verse 12 to verse 10. He that believeth on the Son of God hath the witness in himself. He that believeth not God has made him, made God, a liar. Because he's not, he has not, he believeth not the record that God gave of his son. Do you believe God in regards to Jesus? You say, I don't believe that, Brother Sammy. Well, you've just made God a liar. John says, I'm writing you these things that you may know. Greek word is oadah. That's an important word because it's not a hope-so knowledge. It's not a, a maybe-so knowledge. Maybe I'm saved, I could be, or I think I might be. No, it's a no-so. It's an assurance, satisfaction that you have. The best way you know if you're saved or not is to ask God if you are, and He'll reveal that you're lost. It's an absolute, beyond a doubt, Positive knowledge. John said, I write these things unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God that you may have this absolute positive knowledge that you have eternal life and that you may believe on the name of the Son of God. 
that you believe on His name, and that you know you have eternal life. Now, friend, listen. It's possible. In fact, it's normal for a Christian to enjoy satisfying assurance. It's good to do that. It's good to have that. We can have that. Those five on that steamship, Austria, in 1858... They enjoyed the assurance of salvation. Hey, guys, in just a minute, when that fire gets closer, we're going to hold hands, and on a certain count, we're going off of this thing, and we'll see each other in heaven. That's absolute assurance, knowledge, I'm saved. Or, perhaps a young college student in a classroom the other day just stood up, Sure, it happened somewhat like they just stood up. And the guy says, are you a Christian? She said, yes, I'm a Christian. In one second, you're going to see your God, and bam, shot her in the head. And she saw her God. That is absolute assurance that you're saved. You have that assurance this morning? Have you? You can have it. You really can. You can have it. And some, you know, what's your relationship with God today? Maybe you're a professed Christian. You've walked away from God, and from time to time the devil causes you to doubt. And I've found that oftentimes when we're not close to God, we'll begin to doubt our salvation. And other reasons I may address in weeks to come. But when God pardons us, He adopts us into His family. Now listen to this. When He does that, He doesn't hide it from us that we're saved until we stand before Him on a judgment day quivering, trying to find out if we're saved or whether we're lost. He doesn't work that way. The moment you trust Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, the Bible says that His Spirit bears witness with your spirit that you are children of God. God wants us to know our pardon. We'll close with Hebrews chapter 10, if you would look there just a moment. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 22. Leave you with this thought. Paul said, Let us draw near, let us draw near with a true heart of full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. You see, God wants us to know our pardon. He wants to know our forgiveness. He wants us to know our salvation, where we can draw near Him with a sincere heart and full assurance. Let's bow our heads for a prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you for an opportunity we've had to think about the assurance of salvation. Father, today it's evident that you have de- you've divided people into two classes. Those who have you, those who have not the Son. That's the way we stand. That's the way we're before you today. And I pray for those who are without you today, that today would be their day of salvation where they can have full assurance 
that Jesus Christ is who He says He is. That He came to do what He would planned to do. And He died on the cross for the world's sins. He suffered the world's punishment of sin on that cross. And He was... He, he gave Himself a ransom for the entire world. And those who put their faith and trust in Him and nothing else, trust Him for their salvation. He will, and He promises to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness and to give us life, to give us eternal life. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, the only one of His kind, that whoever believes in Him shall not perish, but have eternal life. I pray today for every person in the sound of my voice, those that will be listening by radio, those that will be watching on television, Lord, I pray that they would just, wherever they are, even here in this place, would just simply bow their head ask you to forgive them of their sins, come into their heart and save them, and give their life to you, O Lord. And have that assurance that they have salvation. And begin to grow in the Lord. Thank you for what you're going to do today during this invitation time. And we make this prayer in Jesus' name. Amen.